here today and, and welcome you part of our Thursday happy hour. So I want to say hello to everybody here. I know we might have some people at J. Rubin watching right now. So if you're a J. Rubin or you're online, we love you. We're thankful for you and glad that you are part of what is going on here at The Rock. All right. And this is just a small thing for me. It's Thursday night. And, and y'all know I love to get personal and relational. And sometimes I just say things that, that we don't ever want on a recording, but it's tough. So I'm going to do it now. Blake, I love you. I know you're sitting right there. Would you hit that button on that TV and turn it on? Thank you. That'll help me stay on track tonight. All right. So thank you, Blake. If you can't, somebody will come with a remote since I just said that. Um, but really glad you guys are with us and hope you're enjoying uh, worship so far. And uh, if you are new with us, just do what Clay said, get connected. We want to see you get connected. All right. Now, I got a question as we begin that I want you to just to think about for a second. You don't have to say it out loud or anything, but I at least want you to think about it. What does it take to win? Like, what does it take to win? You can think about this maybe from a sports perspective, like, like Michigan, they just won, right? On Monday night, some of you are Michigan fans. There might be one person actually who's a Michigan fan. We have one Michigan fan. Let's Let's give it up for her and her team, okay? So, because I'm guessing we probably have no Washington fans here. Um, but, but, right, like, like Michigan just won. What does it take to win? What does it, like, some of you are like Philly fans and Pittsburgh fans and Buffalo fans, and, and, and you've got teams playing this weekend. What does it take to win? Hard work, dedication, discipline, teamwork, uh, talent, a little bit of luck. Like it, it takes a, a lot of those kinds of things. I want to add one other thing that, that I believe it takes to win, and that is trusting the process. That, that some of you have heard of this guy named Nick Saban. Anybody heard of him? Okay, like, like a couple of you know who I'm talking about. Any Bama fans in the crowd? No. No. <laughs> Yeah, he will be here Sunday. But, but if you follow college football at all, you know Nick Saban, that, that he is one of the greatest college football coaches ever. And I'm not necessarily an Alabama fan. I'm not necessarily an Alabama hater. That, like, I'm, they just don't really matter to me. All right, but, but this is what I know about Nick Saban. He is one of the greatest collegiate coaches of all times. And he was known for a statement called Trust the Process. That he was known as a, as a coach who said, man, you got to follow the process if you want to win. And that's my challenge this weekend. Is what would it look like for us to trust the process to win? And you see it in athletics, but it's just not in athletics. Like, honestly, that's something that, that a, a dietician would tell you. It's something that a, a counselor would tell you. It's something that a coach would tell you. Uh, think about it this way, that, that you have to make a plan and then trust the process. Maybe you want to um, watch your weight this year. Maybe that's where you're wanting to win. Well, you got to make a plan, and that is I want to lose weight. The process, at least part of the process, would be avoiding the refrigerator or restaurants late at night. 
right? Like, like we just know that. Maybe you want to get fit. Well, well, that's your plan. I want to get fit. Well, the process is, is make sure you're doing some kind of workout or exercise. Maybe you want to get better at your finances. That's your plan. Your process would be control spending, live on a budget, uh, be a good steward of what God has given you. Maybe this year, the way you want to win is, is you want to win when it comes to beating a bad habit. Like my plan is I want to quit doing blank. Well, the process is going to probably involve some things like don't go around that. Don't be with the people who caused me to do that, to avoid that in my life, whatever it might be. That, that I'm, what I'm hoping you'll see is for us to win, we've got to make a plan, but then we've got to trust the process, that we've got to walk in obedience to the process. Even in our spiritual life, like if you want to grow closer to God, that's your plan. Well, then your process will be to do things that will help you grow spiritually. Take that all the way to our series that we launched last week. The series is called Win the Day. And the whole idea of win the day is we want to win the day so that we can win the year. That's the plan. Well, then what is the process to win the day? What is the process to achieve the plan? If the plan is to win the day, what is the process? Well, the process is one, to fear God. That, that's what we spent 30 minutes talking about last weekend. That, that's what we sung about. It's what we prayed about. It, is that if I want to win the day, then I've got to fear God. And that was straight out of Deuteronomy chapter 10, ver, verse 12. That Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 reads like this. It says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord God ask of you but to fear the Lord? All right? That's where we started last week. The plan, win the day. The process, fear the Lord. But there's other steps of the process as well. And the next thing you read in that verse is it says this, to walk in obedience to him. That if you want to win the day, then you've got to trust the process. And the process is fear God and then walk in obedience. Fear God and then obey what he has for your life. And if, if we're honest with one another, I think that is probably something that is a foreign concept to us. Obedience is not something that we all gravitate towards. Am I right? Anybody got kids or grandkids who are toddlers? Then, then, then you might understand, right? That, that, like some of you have teenagers. You might understand that obedience is not something we gravitate to. But I'm not going to just say that about toddlers or teenagers. I'm going to say that about all of us. I actually think obedience is kind of a foreign concept for us. That, that we don't like to be told that we need to obey. Am I correct? Right? But, but that's actually the step on how we're going to win the day. It's the step on how we're going to walk in the fear of God is we have to walk in obedience as verse 12 says. Let me read another verse that, that echoes this. 
It's actually Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. I talked about it a little bit last week, but I want to go further into it this week. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. That back half of that verse we're actually going to talk about next week. But it's the front part that I want you to see. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. This verse is actually what we call the Shema. That, that if you were to go to a Hebrew person, somebody who was an Israelite, that, that they would say that, that this is like a tenet of their faith, and they would call it the Shema. And I had heard that for years, it was called the Shema. Well, the reason it's called the Shema is the first word here, that word here, in the original language, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, that word is Shema. Like if you were to actually read this in Hebrew, it would read Shema Israel, Yahweh Elohim. That's how you'd read the beginning of that verse. So they would call it the Shema because they were just focusing on this word here. And when we hear that, we go, okay, I hear you. But the word goes so much further than that. The word here, the word Shema, doesn't just mean hear. It means obey. It means to hear and obey. Now, again, that's something that we struggle with. Ever said something like this? Or maybe I should put it on me. Let, let, me, let me put it on me, because I'm sure you guys are not guilty of this. Have you ever heard your spouse say something like, hey, will you take out the trash? I hear you, but then I didn't do it. Hey, can you pick up your socks, but then you, you don't do it? Am I alone? Anybody with me on things like this? You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll hear, but then we don't do. Well, that means we didn't obey. And again, the Shema, it's saying to hear means to hear and obey. Not just to hear what is said, but to actually put it into practice. And I think personally that this is an area where we struggle. Because again, I don't think as people we're really good at obedience. I think it's a foreign concept in our lives and in our culture today that that no one likes the thought of being obedient to someone else. We'll be obedient to our plans. We'll be obedient to our desires. We'll be obedient to the things that we decide in our life. But the minute somebody else tells you to do something, most of us revolt. Most of us recoil. Most of us rebel. Most of us go, man, I, I, I don't know if I like the fact that that person's telling me to do that. That we actually say to live in obedience to somebody else is almost like a form of slavery. And I was listening to a guy uh, preaching on this very idea, and he said it this way. He said that, that we think that we're obedient to God, but most of us really aren't obedient to God. We're just in agreement with God. Like, think about 
your life for a second. Think about my life for a second. That we say that we're going to walk in obedience to God, and, and we probably do walk in obedience, but it's probably mostly or maybe even only on the things that we agree with God on. And guys, if we're walking in obedience because we're in agreement of God, that's probably really not obedience, that's just agreement. I don't know if I'm making sense yet. Here's what I'm trying to say. How do we do when we walk with God when we're in agreement with him? Probably pretty good. Like when we like what he has to say, what we like when he, we like what he challenges us to do. But how are we when God tells you something? How are we at obeying what God says when we don't understand it? How are we at obeying what God says when we're not really clear? Or even worse, how are we at obeying what God says when we disagree with what he says? See, obedience is not just walking in agreement with God on the things you agree in. Obedience is actually following God and doing what he says when you disagree with him. And I've read some scriptures, I've, dealt, I've heard the Holy Spirit, and there's times in my life where I'm like, God, I don't understand what you're saying. God, I don't know if I like what you're saying. It's at those times that I definitely need to walk with God. That's obedience. But I think that's an area we struggle with. It's Thursday night, just honestly, like, am I alone on this or you get what I'm saying? Are you, are you with me a little bit, or are you kind of like, Josh, can we change the topic? <laughs> you get me, Gene, on that? You know what I mean? Like, like that's what I want us to capture tonight, is if we're going to follow that scripture, if we're going to trust the process, and the process is to walk in obedience, and then we have to walk in obedience to God when we're in agreement when we don't understand, when we're not clear, or even when we disagree with what he has said. How do I do that? How do you do that? How do we do that? Well, let me, let me give you some ways. Let me get real practical. You want to walk with God and walk in obedience? Then, then I think the first step is you we got to start walking in the scriptures. That, that we got to open up God's word and, and just say, God, I want to walk with you. Because it's easy to walk with God when we don't really understand what he's saying. And what I mean by that, it's easy to think that we're walking with God. It's easy to think that we're walking in obedience. It's when we open up God's word and we really start to hear what he has to says, then we can get a clear picture of what it means to walk in obedience. So to do that, we got to walk in the scriptures. Let me go back to the... The next part of that verse, again, it was Deuteronomy chapter 6. Remember it said, hear, O Israel, the Lord is one, the Lord your God. So the Shema says to hear and obey. And then he follows it up and he says this, 
These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. So he's saying walk in the scriptures personally. Put these on your hearts. And then make sure you teach them to those that you are in relationship with. Now, for him, Moses is really talking to some dads here and some moms here and some grandparents here. But I want you to take it at whatever level you're at, at whatever age you're at, and think of it this way, that God's word has to be on my heart, and I need to impress it on those I do life with. So if you're a teenager, it might be other friends of yours. It might be your parents. It might be your brother. If you're a college-age student, it might be those that you're living in the dorm with or, or, or at UP with or wherever you might be living with, with, with your coworkers, things of that nature, your, your classmates, your teammates. Maybe you're, you're You've got kids, impress it upon them. Maybe you've got grandkids, impress it upon them. And then this is what he says next. He says, talk about them, meaning his commandments, his word, his scriptures. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. I, I want to break that up. It's four little parts, but I want to make it real practical. That, that we need to talk about his word. We need to focus on his word. When you sit at home, think about the times that you're sitting at home. How often is God's word or how often is thoughts on God shared when you're sitting around your house, when you're sitting around your, your dorm room, when you're sitting and eating dinner with people? Are you, are you taking time to acknowledge God? Are you focusing in on God's word? When, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and, and think of this this way. Maybe you walk along the road, then it should be there. But many of us are driving along the road, right? That, that we live at a different age now, that we're not walking everywhere necessarily, especially in this part of the country, but many of us are hopping in our cars. And when you're hopping in your cars, is God's word part of that journey? I, I will tell you, for me personally, I kind of do a, an exercise with God's word at the beginning of the year, and, and I try to just devour as much of God's word as I can in the first two months. So for me personally, right now, when I'm in my car, all I'm doing is listening to the Bible. Like, like it's on play. It's chapter, verse, let's just keep going. But I can tell you this. That it is hard to listen to God's word and also have road rage at the same time. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, okay? It is hard to listen to God's word and to allow my mind to go towards things that are not good. So while I'm on the road, that I'm listening to God's word. Somebody hopped in my car the other day, and they were listening to the book of Psalms. I was like, yeah, that's what we got today. You know what I mean? That, that what would happen if when we were sitting together, we made sure God's word was part of our conversation? What would happen if when we were driving down the road, that God's word was part of our conversations? That, that the next part said, when you lie down, that think about it this way, that, that when I lie down at night, that my mind should focus in on God's word, spend some time praying to him and, and, and reflecting on some scripture. And then when I wake up, and I would always say this, that in the morning before you tackle your day, spend time with God. Walk 
in the scriptures. And some of you are not morning people. I totally get that. You're like, dude, to wake up and spend a lot of time. I get it. Some of you are not there. I understand that. But you can still spend time in, in the scriptures, even if you're not a morning person right? Like, like you can take a couple minutes. If we can wake up and brush our teeth and go to the bathroom and get dressed, we can take a couple minutes for the Lord as well, right? Big cat, was that you? Thank you. That's right. Maybe I can even say it this way a little bit further, that before I walk into the world, I got to walk in the word. Before I walk into the world, I got to walk in the word. Start my day with the word of God. And then, but, but here's the thing, because if I, if I have it, if I have it when I'm at the table, when I'm driving down the road, when I'm going to bed, and when I wake up in the morning, I got, I got to walk in that, but then I got to do what it says. I got to obey it. Any of you all ever use, like, GPS on your, on your Apple phone? Any of y'all? Okay. Like, I do, right? Like, like I don't know. I've, I've lived here nine years. I still get all confused on the roads on this side of town. I'm just going to let you know. 90, 901, 65. I'm sorry, but I, I still get confused on them. Um, so so I, I'll use my GPS on my phone, but I have a bad habit. That, that I'll pull up my phone, and Clay hates it. When he's riding with me and I do this, he's like, why do you do that? And here's what I do. It's like, I put the address in my phone, and I go, oh, I think I know where that's at. And I, I never hit go on it, right? You know what I mean? Like, like I see where it's going to take me, but I never hit go. It's on the screen on my Jeep. I can see where I need to go, but I never hit go. Do you know why I don't hit go? I don't want to hear her voice. I don't, and, and I'll let you know, on my phone, Siri is an Irish female's voice. And, and I like that my Siri is Irish. You know, it takes me back to my roots. But when I'm driving, I, I just don't want to have to obey everything she says. So I'll drive, and I'll see it on my screen. I'll be like, yeah, I know where I'm going. And it happens every time. I get talking, I'm not paying attention, and I miss the turn. And as soon as I miss the turn, as soon as I make that mistake, she's like, turn around. Or she's not saying that, I'm having to do it because I haven't hit go, if you know what I'm saying, right? But I make a mistake, and the reason I'm making a mistake is because I have GPS around me, but I'm not utilizing it. And I'm not allowing her to speak. And I'm afraid we often do the same thing with God. That we might open up his word, we might spend time, we might come to church like this, and we hear it, but do we put it into play? And then when we don't put it into play, we walk down the road, and as we're walking down the road, as, we, as we're going down the road, the next thing that happens is we make a mistake, we're like, dang it, I should have been listening to God and doing what he says. What would happen if when we dug into God's word, we actually did what he said to do. We've got to walk in the scriptures. And then also, 
We've got to walk with the Spirit. See, see let me take you back because I don't want to confuse this. My plan is, is to win the day. My process to win the day is to fear God and to walk in obedience. The way I walk in obedience, my process of walking in obedience or, or to, to live that out is to walk in the scriptures and to walk with the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit who will help me understand the scriptures. It is the Spirit that will speak as I'm diving into the scriptures. So I need to walk into the Spirit. I need to walk with the Spirit. And I know for some of us, you might be going, okay, Josh, lost me. I'm totally new to this church thing. What do you mean walk in the Spirit? Who's the Spirit? Well, when Jesus died, he rose from the dead. He lived on earth for another 40 days. And then he ascended to heaven. And when he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm going to send my spirit. Now, the spirit of God, we call him the Holy Spirit, has existed forever. He is God. It is the spirit of God. But it was Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, said, I'm going to send the spirit to live in you. So when we tell a little child, Jesus lives in your heart, what you're really saying is the Holy Spirit can live in your heart. The Holy Spirit can live in your life. And we need to walk in a way that recognizes that the Spirit is in us and we listen to what he has to say. Well, how, how do we keep the Spirit in us? Well, we just get connected to Jesus and then remain in him. Let me read you this verse. It's John chapter 15. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me I in, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me... You can do nothing. That, that what the writer here is saying is that, that when we get connected to Jesus, what we're doing is we're connecting to the vine. And when we're connected to him, then we can bear fruit. So, so if I walk with the Spirit, if I'm walking with Jesus, I'm connected to him, then I can do the things that I long to do. Then I can walk in obedience. But it's when I get disconnected from him that I don't bear good fruit, that mistakes happen, that bad things come in my life. And here's what will happen. If I'm not connected, he'll just cut me off. I know we don't like the sound of that. But it says the gardener will, will cut off the branch that is not bearing good fruit. So what we need to do is make sure that we're grafted into the vine. And that we're producing the fruit that he wants. And even as we do that, he'll still prune us. And pruning is not fun. Anybody who has bushes at home that you have to prune, that's not fun. But you do it to keep the tree, the bush, the plant healthy. And so that it'll actually grow more. And it's the same way with us, that we remain in Jesus. He prunes us through life and through circumstance and teaches us how to follow him. And because of that, we're able to grow even more. 
So we walk in obedience as we walk in the Spirit. We stay connected to him, and then while we're connected to him, we'll bear much fruit. Galatians 5 says it this way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. That when we're connected, when we're walking in the scriptures and walking with the Spirit and letting the Spirit guide us and teach us from the scriptures and through the scriptures, we're going to bear this kind of fruit. And it goes on, it says it this way. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That we've crucified our flesh and our passions so that we can live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Which, which leads me really to the last thing that I want to say is that if we're going to walk in obedience, we have to walk in the Scriptures, we have to walk by the Spirit, and we have to walk in a surrendered way. That, that if you'll notice that verse said that, that if we live by the Spirit, we're going to crucify the flesh. That we're basically saying to God that, God, I'm going to surrender everything to you. That I'm going all in. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say no to my desires. And I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to be surrendered to you. I'm going to walk in obedience to you. When I'm in agreement, I'm going to walk in obedience. When I don't understand, I'm going to walk in obedience. When I don't have clarity, I'm going to walk in obedience. When I'm in disagreement, I'm still going to walk in obedience because you are God and I am not. And it's the only way to win. It's the only way to win. So I want to challenge you. You want to win the year? You got to win the day. And the win today, we got to walk in obedience. We have to walk in obedience the whole time. That, that when you're faced with a sin, you say no to the sin, and you just keep walking in obedience. That makes sense? You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. That, that if I say, God, I'm going to walk in your scriptures, that when your scriptures say whatever your scriptures say, I'm going to walk in obedience. That, that when the scriptures say to honor my mom and dad, I'm going to walk in obedience. But when, the, when life is rough and you don't get dealt the hand you want to get dealt, what do you do, Mary Beth? You walk in obedience. That, that when, 
when you read in the scripture, imitate God in all things, walk in obedience. Just keep walking. When the doctor gives you the report that you don't want to get, you walk in obedience. You get it. You know what I'm saying? That we just walk in obedience the whole time. We just say when, when the career changes, we walk in obedience. Then we just keep saying, I'm going to take one step in front of the other, and I'm going to walk. When I don't understand what's going on in life, I walk in obedience. I can't. You lose your husband lose your boy you say God I don't understand but I'm going to trust you I'm going to keep walking in obedience I'm just going to walk and I'm going to walk and I'm going to walk when scriptures say don't have a hint of sexual immorality I'm going to walk in obedience when scripture says don't have any kind of greed I'm going to walk in obedience when the addiction is hitting you're going to say no I'm going to walk in obedience Scripture says don't have any kind of impurity. I'm just going to keep walking in obedience. God gives you a, a new opportunity. I'm going to walk in obedience. That, that when I'm sitting around a bunch of guys on the baseball field, I'm going to walk in obedience. And I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this moment. That each and every one of us, we have different situations in our lives. And as these different situations come, what we do is we just say, God, I'm going to walk in obedience. I might not understand everything that is going on, but I'm going to walk in obedience. I'm going to keep following you. When the Lord calls you to worship, I'm going to walk in obedience. Whatever is hidden in life, I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to walk, and I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk. Be joyful always. Walk in obedience. Give thanks in all circumstances. Walk in obedience. Go and make disciples. Walk in obedience. Repent of sins. Walk in obedience. It's time to get baptized. Walk in obedience. Whatever that is, we just got to keep walking. 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 We got to walk out that sobriety, my brother. We walk in obedience. That's what we do. We don't give in. We just keep walking in obedience because my plan, my plan is to win the day. My plan is to win the year. My plan is to win the week. My plan is to give glory to God. My process, fear him and walk in obedience in whatever he tells me. And I'll know what he tells me when I walk through the scriptures and trust the Holy Spirit to speak and surrender to whatever he says, whether I agree or disagree. I just keep walking. Just keep walking. I want to give you a chance right now to respond. So why don't you do me a favor? Let's stand up. 
We're gonna go into a time of worship. Communion's up here. If you need to pray with somebody about how to walk, man, we got people that'll pray with you. There'll be people in that connect corner. There'll be people in the back connect corner. And we just, we wanna walk with you. And we wanna help you surrender to Jesus Christ. Let's walk with him tonight. Let's respond.